Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning. They do a great job. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Les Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced my hip in June. Just uh, very grateful for the work that he's done for me. And uh, we'll talk to him about what's happening in the trenches in medicine, as well as Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Bill will be joining us as well. It is March the 2nd on this day in 1955. A full nine months before Rosa Parks' famous act of civil disobedience, 15-year-old Claudette Colvin was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a segregated Montgomery, Alabama bus. Colvin was traveling home from school when the bus driver ordered her, along with three fellow black students, to give up their row of seats to white passengers. Uh, Colvin's friends obliged, but she refused to move. At school, she had recently learned about abolitionists and uh, later recalled that it felt like Sojourner Truth was on one side pushing me down and Harriet Tubman was on the other side of me pushing me down. I couldn't get up, she said. Montgomery segregated laws at the time dictated that black passengers sit behind white passengers on public transportation and bus drivers routinely move black passengers to make, uh, make room for white passengers. Colvin, in refusing to move, cited that she her paid her fare and staying seated was her constitutional right. She was right about that but a little before her time. She was then forcibly removed from the bus by two police officers, handcuffed and arrested and booked in a local adult jail. She was charged with violating segregation laws, disorderly conduct, and assaulting a police officer. The former two charges were dropped, but the latter stayed on a record until it was expunged over six decades later in 2021. After being picked up by her parents that day, Colvin recalled her father's fear of reprisal from the Ku Klux Klan and, re- and recounted that he did not sleep that night and instead sat armed with a fully loaded shotgun. Colvin's arrest was not the first instance of a black person in the South refusing to give up her seat on a bus to a white passenger, but it did come at a pivotal moment for civil rights movement. Fred D. Gray, a prominent Montgomery lawyer and activist, took Colvin on as a client, his first civil rights case, with the aim of filing a federal lawsuit to desegregate Alabama bus system. Local civil rights leaders, however, decided not to proceed in part due to Colvin's age, but also because of her own, uh, by her own assessment, she was too dark-skinned, whatever that had to do with it, and and soon became pregnant at age 16. These factors, some feared, would hurt her chances of winning the case, unlike the uh, known community figure who soon followed her in her footsteps, Rosa Parks. On December the 1st, 1955, Parks, a 42-year-old seamstress and NCAA secretary, also refused to vacate her seat on a Montgomery bus for a white passenger and was arrested. Days later, segregated buses 
uh, became a central site of struggle, the Montgomery bus boycott, during which black residents refused to use any city bus system, began on December the 5th, 1955. On its first day, the Reverend Martin Luther King proclaimed, My friends, I want to be known that we're not going to work with grim and bold determination to gain justice on the buses in this city. We are not wrong in what we are doing. If we are wrong, the Supreme Court of the nation is wrong. In 1956, the claim went to uh, court. Gray, alongside uh, Charles D. Langford, uh, brought the legal case before the U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Alabama, which challenged the constitutionality of bus segregation in both the city of Montgomery and the state as a whole. Known as Browder versus Gale, it was filed on behalf of four black women who, in district court later determined, were treated unconstitutionally on the Montgomery bus system. Colvin, Susie McDonald, Aurelia S. Browder, and Mary Louise Smith, another teenager whose bus protest predated Dip Parks, a fifth plaintiff, Gina Reese, was intimidated and withdrew from the case. Browder and Gale ultimately reached the Supreme Court, uh, which upheld the earlier ruling that bus segregation was a violation of the 14th Amendment. Attempts at appeal were rejected, and the Montgomery bus boycott, considered the first large-scale U.S. demonstration against segregation, came to close on December the 20th, 1956, 381 days after it began, and one year, nine months, and 18 days after Colvin's arrest. Such an interesting story. And by the way, this boycott, uh, all blacks participated, and uh, the, the bus buses weren't getting any business. It was really having an impact financially on the uh, buses in Montgomery. <clears throat> Well, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis announced almost 1,400 bonuses have been delivered to newly employed law enforcement officers. The bonuses were delivered via the Florida Law Enforcement Recruitment Bonus Payment Program. More than 155 of the bonuses went to officers formerly from New York, California, and Pennsylvania. In Florida, our number one priority is to protect Floridians, and the best way to do that is by supporting the law enforcement officers who keep our community safe, DeSantis said. My administration will continue to deliver on promises by prioritizing law and order, uh, policies of making Florida the best state in, uh, to be a law enforcement officer. The governor's of, uh, office uh, said each of the f- uh, around 1,400 officers received $5,000 after taxes, with more than $7 million being given through the program. His office pointed to crime being at a 50-year low within both overall and murder dropping substantially. Benefits of being becoming a Florida law enfor- enforcement officer include financial stability, upward mobility, excellent health and retirement benefits, student loan forgiveness programs, home loans, and more, he said, uh, through his office. So that's a great move, and uh, I'm glad that crime is at a 50-year low. I just really feel for the people around the country that still are talking about cutting uh, the p- budget of the police. Well, some insulin could be getting a major price cut. More than 7 million Americans depend on the medication, and for more than a million, it's life-saving. However, one study found that a quarter of insulin users had to ration or ration or uh, skip taking it because of the cost. The average cost of producing one insulin dose is around $10, but companies reportedly sell it for upwards of 200 The price of the medication has also jumped 600% over the last 20 years. <clears throat> there are three major companies that control the insulin market, uh, Eli Lilly, Novo Nordisk, and Sandolfi. 
they essentially uh, get to set the prices they want. Now Eli Lilly has decided to cut some of their prices as soon as this year. And how much are we talking about? Well, $35 a month maximum for out-of-pocket costs. This year, the Indianapolis-based pharma company is cutting its price on Humalog, its most uh, commonly prescribed insulin product, by 70%. Its uh, non-brand insulin, Lispro, will be $25 a vial at the beginning of May. But before everyone gets hailed uh, Eli, Eli Lilly as a hero, the price cuts only apply to some of the company's older products. Eli Lilly said it wants to help Americans navigate the U.S.'s complex health care system. Uh, the move uh, also comes amid growing pl- pressure from lawmakers and activists to make insulin more accessible. Just last month, President Biden asked Congress to pass a measure to cap insulin prices at $35 nationwide. And when he signed the Inflation Reduction Act last year, the fine print included uh, the same monthly cap of -of out-of-pocket insulin costs for seniors enrolled in Medicare. A cap for privately insured people didn't make it into the act after Republicans voted it down. Biden called for Eli Lilly's move a big deal and pushed for other companies to follow suit. Researchers who first discovered the medication said insulin belongs in the world and belongs to the world and sold it for $1, but decades later, many are struggling to access the life-or-death medication amid inflated pricing. So they're kind of meddling here in uh, private business enterprise. I think competition is a healthier way to to drive down prices, Uh, but there's so much wrong with our health care system. that uh, it's it's very difficult to attack. We just need to move things to the private sector and, and make comp- competition the byword for what happens in healthcare. Well, the uh, House on Wednesday passed an Inflation Transparency Act introduced by New York Republican Elise Stefanik, with support of 59 Democrats. The bill would require the president to publish the inflationary impact of executive orders before they are enacted in response to President Joe Biden's policies, said Stefanik, the bill sponsor. As every hardworking family is forced to pay more for almost everything due to Biden inflation, I'm proud to pass my bill, the Rein-In Inflation Act, to hold the Biden administration accountable for their reckless spending, causing prices to skyrocket, she said. The bill passed 272 to 148, so that is a bipartisan bill, with 144 nay votes coming from Democrats and four from Republicans. The no's from Republicans were uh, Andy Biggs, Bob Good, Matt Rosendale, and Chip Roy. So uh, don't know what to make of that, but there you go, uh, some bipartisan legislation. Well, Senator Josh Hawley pressed Attorney General Merrick Garland on uh, over the FBI's arrest of Catholic pro-life father during a hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee Wednesday. (laughs) This was just a terrific performance. Pro-life activist Mark Houck was found not guilty of federal charges alleging he violated the freedom of access to clinic entrances. In January, uh, federal officials had claimed Houck assaulted an abortion clinic worker while he said he was protecting his son from verbal assault. Multiple police vehicles and armed FBI agents raided Houck's home in September as his children begged for the officers not to take his father, their father away. It used to be an unbelievable show of force, the guns I might note that liberals usually decry, Howley said uh, during the hearing. We're supposed to hate long guns and assault-style re- weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. 
happy to, and then you haul him into court and the jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest that you and those in uh, it's this disgraceful performance by your Justice Department, a disgraceful use of resources, said Holly. Congratulations to him. And that certainly, it is just absolutely disgusting that uh, Black Lives Matter and other uh, property-destroying actions have gone unpunished by the uh, Justice Department. But uh, now Catholics singing hymns in front of the Planned Parenthood, you're going to jail. <clears throat> Uh, finally, on this topic, Republican Texas Senator Ted Cruz pressed Attorney General Merrick Garland on Wednesday about the department's refusal to prosecute prose- uh, uh, protesters who showed up at the homes of Supreme Court justices in the wake of Dobbs v. Jackson. I have to say I'm deeply disappointed in what the last two years have shown, Cruz said. The Department of Justice has been politicized to the greatest extent I've ever seen in this country, and it's done a discredit to the Department of Justice, to the FBI, and to the administration of law in this country. Cruz then lodged his first question to Garland regarding protesting in front of the judge's home, with Garland noting it is illegal uh, to seek to defend uh, the characterization of the Department of Justice. So... Uh, Garland tried to say, well, hey, I sent out some agents to take care of this, but it certainly wasn't with the strength that Cruz was wanting. And uh, again, uh, selective enforcement of the law. That's what uh, this Merrick Garland is doing as our attorney general. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com also brought to you by life in naples magazine be in the know and stay up to date by reading life in naples the website is lifeinnaples.net coming up keith flaw co-founder of the florida citizens alliance that and more right here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned for more of the bob harden show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. You want to be able to travel with confidence, and you can find out more and make sure you're protected by going to internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a a grassroots coalition of now over uh, 250,000 people and 100 groups here, uh, grassroots groups in Florida. And we focus on K-12 education. Um, And to us, that means championing the expansion of school choice, parental choice, uh, fighting for parents' rights, and, of course, getting the indoctrination and uh, pornography, et cetera, out of our schools. It's uh, uh, just rampant. So those are the kinds of things we work on, Bob. Uh, and uh, doing a terrific job, having a major impact, positive impact on public education policy here in Florida. Uh, GoFLCA.com uh, is the website, GoFLCA.com. So we're coming close to the uh, the session is opening, I believe, on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, the legislative session. Uh, my guess is you got a lot of things hanging fire right now. Yeah, there, we sure do. Uh, we've been... We put together a, a nine-point legislative agenda. Uh, we've been focusing on about four or five of those items, and we'll be supportive of others as if they move. Um, the, the big one, of course, is House Bill 1. Uh, that's the education savings account where the money follows the child. Uh, we're big supporters of that, but we are trying to make it better. It still takes away the educational freedom, in our view, of homeschools. So we're fighting to try to get that fixed. Mm. Uh, some really good things happened uh, yesterday. Um, we had uh, a, a bill, uh, many of your listeners will remember the parents' rights and education bill that the left dubbed Don't Say Gay. Uh, that was for K through third grade, uh, mm-hmm. so they uh, so that the, the schools couldn't be teaching gender dysphoria to kindergartners through third grade. Uh, Representative Anderson has filed that bill in the uh, in the House uh, to move that from pre-K all the way up to eighth grade, uh, and it clearly defines sex as your biological sex. It re- it pr- prohibits teachers from teaching uh, even sharing their own quote pronouns or requiring students to do the same. So it's an amazing bill, um, and and uh, 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 in parallel with that. Um, Representative McLean, chair of the Ways and Means, has filed a bill on library materials. And uh, I expect those two to come together in one bill in the next uh, couple of weeks. But they're both filed in the House, and Senator Yarbrough filed them together in the Senate. So that's a big, big uh, move forward on what we've been working on. Uh, and it just continues the agenda for 
keeping indoctrination out of our schools and uh, making sure that uh, we're focused on classical education. Uh, second item we're working on, we don't have bill numbers yet, but we have agreement uh, from us, from Representative Beltran in the House and Senator Collins uh, to file a bill to clean up uh, some of the loopholes in our criminal statutes for minors having to do with sexual exploitation. So uh, it's a very good bill. Uh, we've got it now. I expect it to be filed um, by next Monday uh, in both chambers, and so we've spent a lot of energy on that. Uh, the other thing that we've been working on is uh, trying to expand the Hope Scholarship, and uh, it's a, a really uphill battle. Um, I would tell you that I see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I think it's a freight train. Uh, I hope it doesn't get derailed as many of uh, many of our folks in the nation are experiencing derailed uh, trains, but uh, I, it, it is at least still alive, and we're putting a lot of energy into trying to get uh, the uh, HOPE scholarship for parents who leave government schools to be able to use that money to homeschool their child. So uh, the HOPE scholarship, how does that uh, parallel or intersect uh, with the uh, education savings accounts? Uh, we think it complements it because uh, one of the major uh, efforts on, on the um, House Bill 1 is the homeschool community wanted to be taken out of uh, 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 the FES. I don't want to get too detailed, but they want to be taken out of the Florida Empowerment Scholarship side of House Bill 1. And when they do that, then it, it takes away the opportunity for homeschool students to participate. Mm. We're, we're okay with them taking out of it because if they leave it in, they're going to require the testing. But what, where, House Bill, uh, where the HOPE scholarship comes into play is it's already in law. All they have to do is expand it mm-hmm. and leave it available under homeschool law for, for parents to either take the test or use their own portfolio. So it complements House Bill One, and it takes off the table uh, the issue that the homeschool students, uh, the homeschool families, have been fighting against. And and that, of course, is anytime you take money from the government, it comes with regulation, and uh, they're trying to fight for that uh, independence, uh, education-wise, which we strongly support. So, absolutely great report, uh, Keith. Good luck with uh, what's what's going on and getting these uh, bills across the line. Before I let you go, I want to just make sure our listeners are aware of and uh, take the opportunity to attend the gala that you've got coming up this soon. Uh, it's uh, actually next week, next Wednesday at the Ritz. Uh, we still have tickets. Um, it's with Newt Gingrich. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he's a great champion for educational freedom. So we're excited to have him join us. Um, and uh, we would love to have your listeners join us. Um, you know, it, in, in some cases, um, you know, it's a challenge financially, but we ask you to dig deep and, uh, you're supporting a great cause, which is everything we've been working on for the last, uh, seven or eight years. I'd like to point out that, uh, Keith and, uh, uh, Pastor Rick and others that are, they're back and forth to Tallahassee on their own nickel. They don't get, these are not paid roles <clears throat> as, uh, as lobbyists, for example, uh, they, they are doing this for the good of kids in uh, Florida public schools, and I hope you support the effort. Uh, GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. And uh, take a look at the website. Very healthy and a robust website. Also, get tickets for the gala coming up next week. Keith, really appreciate your comp- contribution here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you, Bob. You and your listeners have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you so much, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we just a society still in sphere of influence the government, and government doesn't like that. No, they don't. <laughs> but we like it, and we're happy you're doing it. Uh, you wrote a great piece. This is so interesting, and uh, a great object lesson on the constitutionality of government action. It's called The Wrath of Khan. FTC Chair Loathes Our System. Impeach her. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, um, of course, I'm making a play on the 1982 Star Trek movie. I was never a big Star Trek fan, but, but you got to admire quality overacting when two Hollywood legends are doing it. And Ricardo Montalban as, as Khan and, and William, of course, William Shatner uh, as Captain Kirk. And, you know, I just think you from the main, of course, the woman who's chairman of the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is Lena Khan. And she's not mad at Shatner, she's mad at capitalism. Yeah. And free markets and the general concept of constitutional government. And 
uh, part of my thinking in the piece was uh, last week, I think it was, or maybe early this week, uh, Marco Rubio, Republican senator from Florida, had put a block on seven of Biden's nominee, the committee holds, what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I, ju- I just thought, well, you know, that should have happened a long time ago. Because I remember Mitch McConnell at one point was talking about judges. And he said, well, elections have consequences, and the presidents get the judges they want. I said, and I'm screaming in television, <laughs> no, they don't. Not if they aren't going to comport with our system. Right. If they're openly hostile to our system, they don't get to... You don't confirm them just because the president won an election. That's not how this works. The whole point of Senate confirmation is you review the person's qualifications and make a determination about whether or not that person should have the job for which they're nominated. It's not a, gee, the person won the election, let's blanket, you know, approve everybody he names no matter what. Hey, the, yeah, um, speaking of which, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, his time has passed. It's time for him to go. He's a relic. Uh, he, and the, I, I said that. I remember I met a guy in 2008 when I first got my job at the Media Research Center, and he worked for him. And I said, well, he's got to go. This is in 2008. And he was just, a, I forgot. You know, I, I, I'm i way too blunt for the, for planet Earth and humans. Uh-huh. And I just said that, just as you know, matter-of-factly. And he was just horrified that I would say that. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, so so now we're stuck with these people. And of course, I said it's time to impeach her. Uh, and I cite, you know, they're talking about in the House about impeaching Mayorkas, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, for, I, I don't know, not enforcing the border for two years. Right. Um, and I said, yes, let's impeach her, too. Now, of course, it's an exercise in futility. Of course. Because, yes, the House majority can impeach her, but you need 67 votes in the Senate to convict and remove her, or my or anybody. Right. And, of course, that's not going to happen. Right. And even if it miraculously did happen, uh, Biden appoints her successor, and it's not like he's suffering from a dearth of left-wing college professors to name head of the Federal Trade Commission. Absolutely. But but you've got to do it. You've got to... Sometimes the, the visual aid is more important than the actual practicality of what you're doing. Right. And we've got to start highlighting these out-of-control bureaucrats. And if, if, if having a Republican House impeach a bunch of them to get rid of them, or to not to get rid of them, but to highlight how crazy they are. Um, and I think it, it would be interesting because there's always this rivalry to the House and the Senate. There's an old line: some Democrat was talking to some under younger Democrat was talking to the older Democrat and referred to the Republicans in the House as the enemy. He said, "No, they're the opposition. The Senate, the, the House is the enemy. Uh, the Senate looks down on the House." I had a press conference scheduled for, for, for a thing in the Senate press room and it had a couple of House members and a couple of senators as part of the process and at the last minute they had double booked my, my room and we got kicked out huh. and thankfully Mike Pence, Congressman Mike Pence quickly got us a room and none of the senators that were going to participate deigned 
they wouldn't lower themselves to, to go to the house side and take part of it. They all skipped it. Huh. Um, that's the kind of idiots we're dealing with in Washington. <laughs> but anyway, so I'd like the House to embarrass the Senate to a degree, you know, because more than a dozen Republicans voted to confirm Lena Khan. Yeah. And none of them should. And there should have been some sort of, because she's awful. She's exceedingly awful. And there should have been some sort of block, some Rubio-esque block done on her two, two, almost two years ago now uh, when she was initially nominated. Um, I mean, didn't recently, I uh, didn't a, a recent commissioner resign and refuse to continue in the role because of her? Un- the only Republican commissioner, we talked about the FCC being Federal Communications Commission, it's five, a fully populated commissionership. Is five commissioners, one of whom serves as chairman. Uh-huh. Three of the president's party, two of the other. But they have seven-year terms, and same with the FTC. Huh. And it's weird because they have seven-year terms that are appointed by the president who has a four-year term. So you walk in, when the president walks in the front door of the White House, there's all these weird things <laughs> at these commissions like that. Yeah. Um, there was one Republican at the Federal Trade Commission, Christina Wilson, and she wrote an op-ed a week or so ago in the Wall Street Journal saying, I'm leaving. Uh, I, I'm resigning yeah. from the FTC. She said, I've tried to stop this. I, of course, have voted no all the time. I've tried to stop this. I've tried to investigate Lena Khan consolidating power and doing all these things she's not supposed to be doing, but they're intentionally obfuscating what they're doing and hiding it so i can't even do that yeah so i don't even want the my presence well i i know i'm voting the <laughs> presence on the ftc leading any lending any kind of impromptu or from me to what they're doing so i'm out the door i'm out of here again seaton motley the founder and president of less government i encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org usgovernment.org. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, uh, Dr. George Markovich. Dr. Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006. In addition to that, uh, he replaced my hip (laughs) this past June. I'm just so grateful for the work that he's done for me. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. times they're changing and trends in funeral services are no exception the traditional somber 
formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. Each of issues is unique. We're all made up of little details that makes us different and irreplaceable. At Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens, there are many details that set them apart, differences you'll find nowhere else. Hodges Funeral Home at Memorial Gardens offers flexible chapel and event space, a modern funeral home, a celebration of life center, cremation options, and a 100% service guarantee. Call Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 239-597-3101. That's 239-597-3101. Or visit the website <laughs> DignityMemorial.com. That's www.DignityMemorial.com. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and know the policy. They prepare elected officials to win in the state legislatures and in the federal government. I hope you'll visit the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us my orthopedic surgeon, Dr. George Markovich. He replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm both very grateful. And he also replaced my hip this past uh, June which is just amazing. It was outpatient treatment, and I was out of there in like four hours, which is amazing to me, Doctor. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. So uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, we're seeing kind of this, uh, I'm going to call it an epidemic of uh, uh, deaths due to drugs, fentanyl, and and all the things that are going on right right now with the cartels. What if you have any, you know, and, and misprescription, misuse of pres- uh, prescription drugs, what if you have any comments and thoughts? Well, I'll tell you, the pharmaceutical industry is one thing and the illicit drug trade is another. And, and you know, it, it's, it's sometimes a little difficult to separate uh, <clears throat> the bad actors in each arena. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that in general, um, I mean, if you watch the amount of advertising that goes on in the pharmaceutical industry, it's... It's, it's uh, you know, quite alarming. Uh, you turn on the TV and it seems, uh, you know, commercials are either about cars or drugs. Um, that being said, <clears throat> what I know uh, over many, many years of clinical practice is if you can not take pharmaceuticals, uh, you're probably better off uh, than taking 8, 10, 12 medications. As a matter of fact, studies have shown that if patients are on more than, say, five medications or so, uh, no matter what they're for, they don't do as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's imperative that uh, people uh, do a lot of self-care, exercise, uh, good nutritional um, habits, uh, of course, you know, not smoking and all that. And and then get in a good discussion with your doctor who should be experienced and should really be tuned to your individual needs and try to pare down the amount of medications that you take to be the most effective and have the least side effects. That's number one. Some drugs are very important. For instance, metformin for type 2 diabetics is a very good drug, Mm -hmm. and it's inexpensive. 
uh, relative. Um, other drugs such as statins, I think, are overused, and uh, it may be better to treat uh, coronary artery-type disease with lifestyle changes rather than medications. Uh-huh. In terms of the illicit drugs, uh, fentanyl is a huge problem. We're getting into political things that are very confusing right now, and it's a, it's a catastrophe in that we have uh, the young individuals in our country that are primarily affected by this to the tens of thousands of deaths and deleterious effects from things that should be preventable. Absolutely. In fact, there's a breaking story, and I don't want to take us off uh, off topic here, but uh, apparently evidence now that uh, the Sinaloa cartel, the uh, gang from uh, Mexico, is... Uh, now, uh, you know, creating uh, relationships with politicians, one possible is Katie Hobbs in Arizona, uh, and uh, they're kind of subordinating or they're uh, bribing them to uh, cooperate and allow the trafficking to go on. So it may be a major, there's a major thing that may be happening here with uh, politicians being involved in the whole process of uh, these illegal drugs. So. Uh, stay tuned on that one. Kind of, kind of concerning. But the point being is, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars that are involved in all in all this. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And you know, there was an expression somebody told me a long time ago: if you don't think it's about the money, it's the money. Yeah. <laughs> and and Mexico has been corrupt in in many aspects for many many years, and it seems that that has infiltrated our country. Uh, from the highest levels, and it's a disgusting place to be. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, a lot of the things that were uh, promulgated in the last few years will come to light. Uh, the best disinfectant is sunlight. We just have to recognize what the sunlight is showing, and that's what's confusing these days because mm-hmm. of social media, because of... Uh, people that sound very convincing that uh, we are not clear about what's really going on. It's not one person's truth or another person's truth. It's the truth. And, you know, when I look at somebody like Anthony Fauci espounding on things that are not truthful uh, and uh, knowing his background and, and what he's all about, um, it's amazing that this guy has any credibility whatsoever. It is amazing, and uh, I, w- I still wonder if he's going to face uh, justice for what he's done because, uh, you know, the, so much of the information that we were f- fed through the uh, CDC and through his office, uh, basically were, were, uh, they were misleading us. They were lies, and they actually hurt our health, didn't help it. <clears throat> You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, you mentioned uh, the Sinaloa cartel and the true bad guys that you know were, you know, nefarious and, and uh, crime-infested uh, affecting people. Well, they're governments of the world that do that. You right. know, the Chinese Communist Party is 333 million people, and at the hierarchy, they are not uh, our friends. Right. Uh, and I'm not sure they're just our competitors either, you know. And, and I think that, truth be told, there's a lot of infiltration uh, that is happening at the highest levels and perhaps involving Dr. Fauci 
uh, I hope that the truth comes out. Uh, you know, uh, a fellow physician who's in, uh, in the Senate, Rand Paul, is, uh, I think, on the right path towards exposing some of these things. Yeah. And I hope it happens. I'm not a political person. I will say that, you know, one of the people that I admire, uh, Winston Churchill, had a saying many years ago. And, and th- that was a principled guy. He had a lot of flaws. But he said many years ago that truth is incontrovertible. You can't deny it or distort it. Panic may resent it. Ignorance may deride it. Malice may distort it. But there it is. And I hope truth comes out when it comes to these very important topics. So, well, so what a great way to end the interview. But I'm going to leave a quote as well. Uh, This is one of Mark Twain's. What gets us into trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure that just ain't so. (laughs) (laughs) I think I like yours better. (laughs) I I like yours as well. So, again, Dr. George Markovich, uh, just a great friend. Also, just did a great job for me, again, in terms of my knee replacement, my pain management, my hip replacement. I'm so grateful for the work that you did for me. And I encourage you to give him a call if you have any Joint pain at all, uh, he can help you through the process. The number is 482-5399, 482-5399. Doctor, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, uh, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app. The website is choicesocial.us. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. He stays right on top of what's going on here in the beautiful Paradise Coast. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. As always, as we approach spring, uh, um, and, uh, and the end of season in another month or so. So it's been, it's flown by. Boy, it really has. Hey, hey any thoughts on, uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, is the first, yeah. first, uh, mayor of Chicago that did not win reelection in 40 years. Any yeah. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, boy, she, uh, the, the, um, the, the, uh, Chicago Tribune, I think, summed it up um, really well in a, uh, in a in a one in a one paragraph thing saying about her that she was a. Uh, I wish I could find it while we're talking. <laughs> while we're talking, but she uh, they they just um, they said she was just a disgrace. That's all. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, she she was. I mean, she put on quite a show, but um, the the people want the. Um, they want the crime off the streets, and I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, in 40 years, that's something else. It really is. You know, and, and now there's two candidates remaining, both Democrats. One is yeah. wants law and order, wants uh, fiscal responsibility, is uh, just wanting to do all the right things. The other is uh, defund the police and doing all the wrong things. Oh, so let's yeah. just hope that that the Chicagoans uh, make the right decision with regard to the, yeah, they, the choice. Yeah, the, the, the Chicago Tribune called <clears throat> the fall of the one-time political rock star a political embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Political <laughs> well, embarrassment, indeed. Yeah, and then you know, well, it's funny. I mean, when you look around the the country at the different um, cities and states and the and the politics that go on, it's pretty amazing. I mean, like you said, it's nice to be here in Naples, Florida. It sure, sure. is. So, any good scoop for us on what's happening in the city? Oh uh, well, they, yesterday they must have been there. I mean, they must have talked for five hours. I, I'm, I'm guessing. Okay, we watched a lot of it on the whether to allow the gay pride, uh, you know, um, festivities in Cambia Park as they have for um, since I since I was the the had the first one in 2017, uh-huh. um, and uh, they debated. They had Speakers. They had people that were coming in and were yelling. They had preachers from from out of state that said, "We'll all be banned and go to hell if uh, if they allow these people to, to participate in Cambier Park." And uh, I was just a, I was just unbelievable. There was some, uh, you know, Bob. I I I hate to say this. Um, there was some real hatred that came out of there yesterday. Those yeah. the people that were in that audience uh, and that got up to speak. I mean, not all of them, obviously, um, yeah. but there were some where it was just it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. They're human beings, and the biggest thing that they're walking about, which nobody had any evidence or pictures or proof of anything of, was the drag queen. They they kept talking about drag queens, and we didn't want them. They're bad for our kids, and. Um, uh, they shouldn't be showing off the way there. Well, there was no evidence whatsoever, no pictures, uh, no anything from the last from the last event of any of that happening. Now, July Fourth might have been different, okay, um, and, and 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 there were 
but and it wasn't appropriate. But we're not talking about July Fourth. We were talking about the just their just yeah. the uh, Gay Pride event. So they passed it five two. So the the event, the event is going to go on. Yes, yes. It, it is though. Just to your point though, it is so disappointing to see how uh, how low people can stoop for over uh, some issues that are so trivial. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I mean, and, and it's, not, it's just it was embarrassing, um, and yet you, you just you, you shake your head and you say, "Wow, where does this come from?" Yeah. You know. Um, but uh, other than that, they then they uh, debated the uh, the uh, the been working on the site plan improvements and they they passed they passed that which was not so bad except it's going to mean that city council is going to have to look at uh every site plan that comes in now they're going to want to um be involved in it or see the final product which is going to um which is going to take a lot more time which of course they don't have um and um so there's going to be some protests about that. I can I can assure you, because the city attorney had said they have to make sure they get the announcements done right, because he's he fears that he has heard that there will be some lawsuits on that. Ah. So it's business as usual, Bob. Business as usual <laughs> on the Paradise Coast. We don't make it easy, do we? <laughs> <laughs> no, we make it fun. <laughs> But I must say, I, I think I saw our first car carrier. I don't know if he was coming, bringing something, or taking it away. But it's always encouraging to start to see that activity. Uh, yeah, a little early. Um, and then I, I read um, finally. I uh, I saw in uh, Tim Ayton in the in the Naples Daily. I guess their new uh, in the business section. There are over forty new restaurants coming into uh, Naples. Wow. And he listed some of them are going to be some pretty spectacular ones down on Fifth, and then there's some uh, some um, a few a few chains, and uh, it was funny they're doing. You remember where Chow Restaurant was down there, right off of Fifth Avenue South? I don't. Uh, it was a little Italian restaurant. I've been there for years and years and years, and um, they they went out last year or so. Lot or he retired, and. Um, P.F. Chang's has an offshoot, and it's going to be called, I think, Chinese Kitchen. And it's just going to be a tiny little restaurant with, you know, uh, price point really good so that, you know, anybody can stop in there. And that's interesting. I found that interesting. Yeah, and um, But there's going to be some pretty nice eating spots. I might have to drag you out of Blue Provence. I don't know. <laughs> that's nice to hear. So, uh, you know, off, off air, you had mentioned, and I didn't read this, but apparently we got some more accolades here on the Paradise Coast about Naples. Yeah, that's what I said. We're we're we got number one, um, uh, number one city uh, again out of 147. Um, wow, Naples Na uh, named number one place to live in the U.S. Um, and I think it was uh, over. They compared it to 147 areas uh, similar to ours, and uh, they listed the the usual reasons. Um, but uh, that's nice to see again. Uh, you get no argument from me. I think it is the most, the best place in the world to live right now. In spite of the fact that you get Ian coming through every once in a while, uh, you know, it is just a fabulous place. And it goes beyond just the beautiful weather. It also has to do with the culture here. People are so, uh, you know, I'm going to say friendly, but, uh, you know, positive. Uh, right. Living healthy lifestyles. It's just a great place to be. 
Well, it is. It is. And we, we count it pretty good every week. I mean, uh, um, there are lots of things that go on. I, and, the, and the last thing, I know we've got to get out of here, but next week let's talk about this. Let's talk about affordable housing and what they did to uh, what the county commissioners did to my friend Joe Trachtenberg, um, who was the uh, housing um, in charge of affordable housing for the committee. And uh, they let him, they, they basically fired him. That's what he said to me. The other day so i'll tell you about that next week that's it's interesting well that's disappointing i know there's some big stuff brewing up in uh, tallahassee as the uh, they're preparing for some uh, affordable housing legislation so that should be a good thing but i'm disappointed to hear that uh well i'm looking i'm looking forward to hear the story yeah for sure because it's a good one and uh with that being said i guess that's it huh <laughs> And, Phil, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob, have a good one. Take care. You as well. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got some great guests for uh, tomorrow's show, including uh, Michael Cannon. He's Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. William Yateman is a Senior Legal Fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. Larry Bell is an endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Always appreciate his commentary here on the show. We may have another special guest as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends about it. That's one of the ways we get the word out and support our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.